Let me. All right. I'm right. gonna do the. I'm like, do I do the intro right now? The intro for the podcast. Is yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna do that right now. Do it right now. Okay. This will be before the We've intro. We've done this before, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Jen, and I'm head of marketing for Making. We are in New York City at the Brooklyn General Store and Lobby and Amy booth at Vogue Knitting Live. And we're going to be chatting with some friends. Uh, and this friend here, like, I feel like I know you in real life already, I but we too. just met in real life. <laughs> which made me cry. I know. And then there were tears. Me, which, you and Ashley. More of my tears. If you've been around here for any amount of time, you know that that is, that's a normal thing. That's normal, yeah. Tears, yeah. yeah. We accept that, we we encourage it. Crying is good. Crying is good. It's good to Gotta cry. Gotta let it out. Yeah. <laughs> Will you introduce yourself to everybody watching, please? I will introduce myself. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Mariah. Um, I go by Mariah Nitz on all of the things. Started out uh, as one of the teachers on the making app. It's true. In the very beginning when things started. Mm -hmm. I'm a uh, certified knitting instructor. I'm also a licensed physical therapist, and those two worlds have somehow combined in the weirdest way. Where did you travel from? North Wales. North, North Wales, Wales, Pennsylvania. You may know it as Lansdale is also nearby. Got it. There's okay. a Lansdale train station. Most people know that. I do not. That's I just okay. learned something new. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right. So while we have heard your story before, just in case somebody is new watching, what is your maker journey? Uh, my maker journey starts out with my grandmother, um, who taught me to knit, wouldn't make Barbie clothes. Love it. That didn't stick. Um, then later I started knitting. I actually started knitting when I started um, working as a physical therapist. So that timeline has been the same. Awesome. Um, I knitted all throughout being a physical therapist. And then um, I started with the pandemic. I decided to teach knitting mm -hmm. and that's where the making happened. Do you have a memorable story that is centered around craft? Absolutely. I think my most memorable story, because I keep bringing up my best friend Amy, um, we go to all of these events together. And when I met her, she didn't knit and mm -hmm. I didn't push it. I knit all the time, yeah. so I didn't push it. So right before the pandemic, we came to New York. Her and I come to New York all the time. Like you said, it's not far. Yeah. And she's so kind. She had all of these yarn stores she wanted to visit and take me to. She doesn't knit. She went to, we went to these yarn stores together. Um, and this one, and I forget the name of it, it was, it didn't, it, there was no storefront. It was just this weird elevator we went up and we ended up in this loft and it was beautiful. And we're looking around and I look over and she picked up yarn and she's looking at it. And I was like, <gasps> Become. It's happening. Become. It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> and she did. She bought yarn. I taught her to knit. Aww. And it's. She's wearing a sweater right now that she knit. We knit it all the time together. Like it's we beautiful. go to these things. It's, yeah. So. It's my story. It's you know sometimes you just have to give them the time to get there. <laughs> you do. Don't That's push it. The, don't they will come it. to it when they're ready. It's like the field of dreams. Yes. <laughs> if you don't push it, they will come. If you, yeah, I'm sure I that's think what that they that's, said. What they that's what they said. said. Yeah, we'll have to know. fact check that. Kevin Can Costner, please confirm. Wait, get no, that Kevin fact. Costner. Kevin Costner. I don't think so. Okay, good. No, no, I want to fact check it though. We're gonna need a fact check on Kevin Costner. I was gonna say Kevin Costner, please confirm. And then I was like, did he die? <laughs> <laughs> All right. If he is dead, then we will cut this out. Oh. 
I knew that was going to happen too. Okay. Um, no worries. And, okay. There's no fall. Okay, okay, good. No one fell. No one fell. That was the most stressful moment of a very long time. Okay. Um, now I'm throwing off. You're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> or that's, not. That's awkward. <laughs> have you seen how many awkward moments we do have in the podcast? It's probably staying I don't in. think any of them are awkward. They're genuine and lovely. That's and it's fair. such a pleasure okay. to listen to and watch. Oh, yay. <laughs> I love that. We just recorded and released a podcast about pricing. What do you think as a maker community we can do to help raise up makers and ensure everybody is getting paid what they're worth while still ensuring things are inclusive? One of the easiest things that most people can do is their language. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, you know, I'm not going to pay that price for that pattern or for that yarn, maybe say that is not feasible for me right now. If someone else is going to buy that yarn, then that they shouldn't feel guilty about that. But also... um, I feel like not talking negatively about it. So, uh, you know, saying that's a lot of money, that's too much to pay for a design, too much to pay for a book. So watching that language. Or if you go to a fiber festival and you see someone's wares and and you think that is too much, I could make that for Like, don't say those things. It's okay to, like, have that moment where you are like, oh, I can't afford this right now. That's absolutely fine. But you also have to think about the fact that 9.9 times out of 10, the person who is pricing their stuff at that point has done a lot of math and Mm -hmm. they're trying to ensure that they get paid a livable wage. And maybe even thinking like if someone is knitting with the the big hot topic, right, is the acrylic yarn. Yeah. Right? That, that real. Hot, hot topic. (laughs) A lot of knitters won't touch acrylic which is why I try to use like as much acrylic as possible for my knit projects just to show you can use whatever yarn that you want and it's going to look fabulous if you have some talent on the hands that are actually making the project. Wait, hold on. That shot's fired right there. (laughs) If you have the talent, you can use whatever (laughs) you want. Exactly. I mean, it does not... I was like, oh, this is how we get people to watch our reels. There's going to be a feasibility there for people. And that that sweater, that project, that thing that's been made um, isn't of less quality because yeah. it's used. It's still made with love. Yes. It's still important to somebody. Somebody yeah. worked hard on that. Then, again, using our language there. Yeah. And you don't even have to say things like, oh, I wouldn't have picked that yarn. But, like, that, you worked really hard on that. I can yeah. see that you put a lot of love into that. Yes. Or don't say anything. That's or also like, working on what your a language. great color yep. or yep. like that's a great stitch. Mm-hmm. There's probably a reason why that person picked up the whatever yarn that they picked. Yep. And even if it's because they like it, that's fine too. That's what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Yay. Yep. Okay. Well. Follow Mariah in the making app. <laughs> OG. OG. All right. All right. Thank you again. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. there's the universe was like, no. Nope. new. Yeah, okay. Would you like to introduce yourself to everybody? Yeah. Hello, my name is Julie Robinson. I am a designer and educator, and I love making the app and the act. <laughs> All of it. And you're here in New York. We're here in New York. Uh, I also live in New York, so you didn't have to travel very far. No, not very far. Now, you've already been on the podcast. It was a listen only version, so now people are like seeing your face if they're on YouTube, which yeah. is great. 
it's, it's a good face. It's good. Oh, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Do you want to give like a brief history of your making journey? Sure. So I was a very crafty kid, always getting up to something. And I loved it so much, I decided to study fashion design. And I have worked as a fashion designer for my whole career. And now what I've been doing is taking a lot of the things I learned designing for other people's brands and bringing that back to knitters and crocheters who want to do better and more with you know, their garment designing mm-hmm. and um, increasing size inclusivity in yeah. the fiber arts industry. So I teach a couple of classes on design and on pattern grading. If anyone wants to know about those classes, where do they go? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> www.julieatwork.com. Awesome. And I am Julie at Work all over. First question, since we are a multi-craftual app and podcast, tell us one craft that you really want to learn. Oh. And one that you have learned but you haven't done for a long time that you're like, I should maybe bring that back. I haven't gotten nearly as much into crochet as I wish I was. I have made like one bag successfully. That is the only crochet project I have ever been able to make successfully. Like when I was younger, I would play with it and I'd end up with like the little blobs and pottery. Oh my gosh. I wish I knew how to do a wheel. Oh my God. I would be unstoppable. Yes. (laughs) And then you could have your moment like Ghost, the movie. Yes. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) And I would have beautiful dishes. If you could craft with one person famous family member or friend anywhere in the world who would you craft with and where would you go I was just listening to Shirley Payton uh, speak and Mm -hmm. so I would say I want to go to France and knit with Shirley Payton like someplace cute someplace small you know have like a little yeah a little snack like a little coffee like tea somehow sandwich. be able to transport yourself back to the time where Amy had her her cafe. Yes, exactly. And then you knit there with Shirley Payton mm-hmm. and with Amy and with Amy. Oh my God! Yeah, this it just the whole got better. Yeah, the whole crew. I love it. What is the most favorite thing that you have ever made? I think it might actually be this. I wear this oh, all the yay. time. I haven't released a pattern for it or anything, but um, it's some of my favorite yarn that's not. Catskill Merino. So this is um, alpaca from Amano. It's called Puyu, and it is a blown alpaca silk. And then this is their Eco Puna. So this is undyed alpaca on the button band. So and then I put a little little detail on the pocket here. So (gasps) yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like around the pocket. Yeah. So we bring it back. I love it. So are you going to release a pattern for it? Or yes. is that maybe yes. something we're going to yes. No, I, I will release a pattern for okay. it. So keep an eye out then. I just need to <laughs> I just need to do it. That's fair. Thank you so much for chatting. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love this. Well, I'm just I'm glad that you are here. So would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um hi, I'm Sky from Seems by Sky. <laughs> Um, I'm Marina from Desena Marina. What is your maker journey? Oh, um, I guess I started knitting and crocheting about five years ago after a really bad breakup. And it basically brought me back to being human again. And since then, like, I've learned a lot about, like, what I'm sensitive to, what I prefer. And right now I'm looking to grow into, like, different mediums. I've started knitting when I was, like, maybe 14, but I never was too into it. A friend just introduced me into it. 
and then I started crocheting in 2020. Um, and it really honestly just kind of grew and grew and it just happened. I really don't have a, a story like hers. Who taught you how to knit? Oh, one of my really close friends. I don't know. I always, he always shows me a bunch of stuff like knitting and I always end up really, really much more into it than she is. Since we are a multi-craftual podcast and app, what is one craft that you uh, really want to learn that you haven't learned yet? Oh my gosh, I'm I'm already prepared. Um, tambour embroidery. I bought a kit last year, and um, at least in my home country's traditional textile art, they have they involve like a lot of embroidery, including tambour, and like it's very pretty. Um, and I feel like it'll, it'll also bring me like closer to like traditions that my grandmother had tried when she was still here and um yeah yeah learning how to make like the textiles that i've seen like my ancestors wear i really want to try needle felting i think it's good yeah but i mean i've tried it before and i've made little cats uh, which are very cute but i really want to implement it into clothing and like be able to make like 3D stuff yeah. like texture things. That's going to be so cool. It's also really good for like mending too. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know felt, that actually. Uh, yeah. Felt over a hole and stuff. We just recorded a podcast about pricing in the maker community which is like Ooh, hot topic. Yeah. Hot topic. Hot topic. As a maker community, what do you think we could do to ensure that people are getting paid what they are worth while also remaining inclusive? Wow, that's a very in-depth question. question. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know if this is the best answer, but if you're selling, I, something I've noticed that does really well is when like sellers have a variety of products, not just like physical products, but also like classes or kits or patterns especially because a lot of people want to learn yeah um and i think that like inclusivity and learning go hand in hand in which like if you want to learn there might be a free pattern that is paired with like a paid pattern if you want to learn more um there might be a kit that goes along with it if you don't know if you can afford like all of the skeins of yarn that a project requires. I don't know if that's the best answer, okay. but just based on what I've seen. I think as a seller, I think actually kind of what you touched on, having a variety of products that you're selling. Personally, I do things with cotton that are a little bit, a little bit more on the more affordable side and then I do like one once like one time unique pieces in like a much more fancier yarn. That's gonna be more expensive. But that allows the market to be a little bit, um, it's more inclusive than that, right? And I think in general though, I would say we have to learn to appreciate the time it takes to make the clothing or the hat, whatever it is that you're making, both as a seller and as a buyer. Appreciate your own time, but also appreciate the time of the creator because we would all love to have hand-knitted things, but they do yeah. take a long time. Yes. That's something that's very important to keep it on. Yeah. Not off the rack. When there are people who say, can you knit me a sweater? I say, no, you can't afford me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... Because of the time, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, and the, I mean, materials, big, depending on the material. And it's not even, not even talking about materials, just yeah. time. Another thing that we've been talking about a lot is this like weird dynamic of crochet and knitting not being on the same level playing field yeah. yeah how do you feel like we could be more craft inclusive with crochet and knitting as a community 
I have kind of a, I don't know if this is a controversial answer, but I think like before even getting to fiber and parts and crafts, it goes all the way down to being accepting of people's differences. Regardless of who you are and where you come from and what makes you special at the end of the day, like if you like to craft or you like to make things, you like to make things. And that's what brings people together regardless of like what medium that is. Yeah. And um, that's the bottom line. Like regardless of which particular craft are, at the beginning it's it's about finding community and like learning different things about people who you might not typically be around. I honestly, I think it's silly. I yeah. just, I don't really get it. Um, I crochet and I knit and I started knitting but then I dropped that and I, I hated crocheting because I thought it was too hard and then I started to crochet and I loved crocheting and I don't know, I just, I don't, it seems so silly and so meaningless like I don't really I don't pay attention to it and I feel yeah. like that's kind of what well, you should do I don't get it like you yeah. think you're better because you knit instead of crochet yeah. I don't know I okay sure yeah. sure yeah. bye <laughs> I don't know don't get it I guess I don't yeah know. Just, no it's understandable don't buy into it Probably. don't buy into it, it. It's a capitalist scale. <laughs> we love talking about capitalism and how it tends to ruin everything. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to the root of it all. All right, right at the end here. Sure. My name is Emma. My Instagram handle is the New York Year. My name is Allie, and my Instagram handle is Allie Ooper Looper. I'm newly on the making app. Perfect. I, need to, I just signed up. And what your username on there is? Alley Ooper Looper. Oh, perfect. It's the same. We love when that happens. Isn't that great? Tell us about your current whip. Like, what are you working on right now? I design patterns. Love um, it. I'm working on a new sock pattern. I'm an art historian in my full-time life, and I wow. look at a lot of beautiful things all the time, and so I make patterns that are kind of inspired from pieces of what I'm looking at. Right now, I'm looking at, like, Venetian architecture. And I have like a cabled pattern that I have in testing right now. Wow. Um, so that's what's on my needles. I'm making a second sample of that. That's so cool that it's like all connected. And literally, what are you literally yes. working on right literally. now? <laughs> I just started. It's called the Fiora Vest. It's Love a little it. kid's vest with little ruffle sleeves. So I'm very excited. Oh my gosh. That's so cute. And how, how are you liking this? I love it, mostly Good. just because it's a fun conversation starter, and yeah. I've always stopped on the street. Multiple people have walked oh, up I to her. Like, I mean, this is the place to get approached about this, but yeah. right. Yeah. This is the market for a, a yarn cage, I guess. Yeah. So I purchased this in Copenhagen, and the designer is Geometry, nice. um, or her handle is Geometry DK. So highly oh. recommend. Yeah. Beautiful, all different colors. Hi, I'm Sydney. Um, I started crocheting uh, about three years ago, and I learned to crochet actually in the southern France from a scientist. Yes. What? Yes. So I have a um, family friend who I was on vacation there visiting her, and um, she was crocheting, and I was like, can I learn? And so she taught me, and ever since it's been such an amazing thing that I do. That's like the best story. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah, I always get oh. so emotional about oh. it because I love Can I, can I you okay? <laughs> we just met, but yeah. <laughs> I just, it's such an amazing thing to be able to put so much love in. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh. So I always get so 
emotional. No, I, you are in the right crowd right now. I mean, yeah. the making team, we cry all the time. Like, I'm a Cancer, Pisces Cancer. There is a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Oh, my goodness. Yes. yes. So, I love making and the joy of seeing. So, my first project was for my niece and for her first birthday. Aww. And so, just to see her, you know, using the blanket and loving something that I made for her with my love is um, so special. It really is. There is so much love that we put into each stitch. It's the community and it's the yarn, but it's also right. just how you feel when you make, right? Right, right, right. Like, right. whether it's how you feel when you give, or you're making something for somebody, right. how you're feeling when it's like for your mental health. Like, right. I knit for my right. mental health. Right, me too, 100%. Yeah. I always feel so much better, yeah. you know, when I'm doing it. Yeah. 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 Are you from, I'm, you I, are from yes, New York? Yes, I live in, I was born in New York and then now I live in New Jersey. Okay. Um, so I work down there. I'm a speech therapist um, oh. during the day and then I usually come home and crochet to, you know, wind down from the day. Are you somebody who likes to go out into the world and crochet? Mm -hmm. I do both. Like if I'm sitting on the beach, I'll be crocheting. I pretty much take it wherever I go if I yeah. can. Usually I'm because like if I'm crocheting, I'm usually doing like a big blanket or something for mm -hmm. babies or for, you know, adults. So um, I usually have big projects. So I'm always carrying around a big bag. I mean, crocheting on the beach. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing better. Exactly. Okay, if you could crochet mm -hmm. with one person, mm -hmm. and this could be somebody famous, okay. a friend, or a family yeah. member, but it has to be okay. one person. They okay. they cannot know how to crochet because yeah. you would teach them. Yeah. And it could be anywhere in the world. Yes. Who would you go with and where would you go? Um, so I would say I taught my mom to crochet, so I would have her come with me. And Yay. in uh, when I learned in Saint-Tropez, there's a at her house there it overlooks the water so um I would say there go back <laughs> yeah so yeah. I would say there um and I when I do stay there I usually stay there and I listen to an audiobook while I'm watching the sunrise and I do a time lapse of the sunrise and it's the most amazing thing I've ever experienced so I'm super fortunate and grateful to have that experience but that's where I would go <laughs> again can I come with? Yeah. <laughs> Since we are a multi-craftful mm -hmm. podcast and a multi-craftful mm -hmm. app, what craft do you not know how mm -hmm. to do that you really want to learn? There's two. I really want to learn to sew, and I really want to learn to do rug hooking. I'd love to do both of those. That is a good one. Yes. What is your current whip right now? What are you working on? Um, I'm currently working on a baby blanket. It's double crochet and then three double crochet together, so it's kind of like a, it's a granny squares but a modern granny square. I don't know the name of the stitch. Yeah, but it's a baby blanket. It's blue, dark blue and white, and then has like a, um, a lighter blue mixed in. So, yeah. Awesome. For my new nephew that was born last week. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Uh, aunties, being an auntie is the best. <laughs> it is the best. I am, I am also an it auntie and it really is the best. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for chatting Thank with you me. Thank so um, Yourself to everybody. Sure. Hi, I'm Derek Rolberg. I work for Katia. Um, it's a brand out of Barcelona, Spain. Love it. Do we talk this way or do I? Do I oh, either way. Oh, we can, okay. we, we kind of, yeah. You can put that in there if you want. Perfect, yeah. There are some things that I refuse to edit out. And, oh, okay. Like, this is natural, so we're not, we're not, a, we're not robots. So you're here. Yeah. You have a booth. We do. We came last year, I think it was our first time last year. We mm -hmm. had a big fashion show, and then this is kind of our swan song. Came back to actually be able to sell. So we're um, distributing ourselves. We have um, all of our yarns are available online on katia.com. What is your favorite yarn that you sell? 
My favorite right now is Hero. Uh, Hero is 94% virgin wool with 6% um, silk. And it's a beautiful variegated yarn. Uh, one ball is one shawl, which is how I've been selling it today. And this That's week. perfect. And, That's uh, a good tagline. Beautiful, beautiful accordion <laughs> stitch. So it's an easy repeat for, for newer, newer knitters. So let's talk about you for a second. Certainly. Yeah. What is your maker journey? I went to visit my mom uh, in southern Missouri when she lived in Branson. And I said to myself, like, I need a hobby living in New York. I'm sitting at home watching Netflix all the time. Um, and I saw her crocheting, and I remember her making these acrylic blankets when I was a kid, just these big squares, because she's a nurse of 40 years. And so coming home after work, she was just, you know, that was her, her mindless kind of activity, just to kind of get through the night. And I said, you know, I want to learn how to make a granny square. So my first one was terrible. I don't think I have it anymore. I, I should have <laughs> kept it. That was my next question. Um, but... I took that knowledge and I went home and started making blankets and scarves and hats. And I came home and my mom goes, who taught you how to do this? I go, you did. She goes, I didn't, I don't even know how to crochet. I go, but you know how to do a granny square. Yeah. My mom's a knitter. So she makes beautiful <laughs> garments like uh, sweaters for my dad, like cable work, things like that. She was a loom, um, the dowel knitting or the mm -hmm. dowel crocheting. She was really mm -hmm. big on that too. Yeah. Uh, so I just always remember her crocheting and she said, I didn't teach any of this. So I... Uh, learned a lot on YouTube. Ravelry was a really great um, start. Um, I joined a lot of men's groups on Facebook and Instagram just to kind of get some ideas and, and bounce off from other people in my own community. The LGBT community was really cool. And then um, Lewis from Brooklyn Boy Knits was said, hey, I work with Katya. They need someone to help them run their booth. And last year was my first year here. So uh, this is my first knit sweater ever made. Color work. It's the, um, it's the Let Lopi anniversary sweater but oh, I couldn't cool. afford it so I got knit picks and I started made this out of wool the uh, wool the Andes worsted so I'm really really happy with how it it's turned beautiful. out. It's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. That's so that's knitting a, knitting since I mean the that's pandemic. your first sweater. That's this is my first sweater. Pretty Color work too. It's pretty amazing. I know. <laughs> Bottom up is much easier everybody I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. Oh I, see I think it's the other way. Really? Yeah. Because all the hard one, stuff is at the beginning. Yeah. And then you can just sit and watch Netflix. True. Or true, The Real true. Housewives or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you're... I'm a big true crime fan. That's what I... Oh, yes. A lot of, a lot of murder. Okay. <laughs> a lot of murder shows. There was um, an illustrator that I interviewed in Barcelona, and she was saying that she used to, like, be so into true crime mm -hmm. while she knit and drew. And then every time she would look at a drawing, she would remember the crime that she was. <laughs> and she draws like cute little fluffy bunnies. Oh. So it didn't really oh, go. it didn't mix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Paloma stopped doing that. And now she uh, watches things like um, Love is Blind. So <laughs> Ooh, I love that show. Which is also terrifying. Beautiful show. <laughs> love is Blind comes up a lot in yeah. these conversations. You've been in the crafting community I mean, comparatively, not as long as a lot of these people. No. Okay. I started knitting in the pandemic, so it, yeah. was, um, it was kind of a, I want to learn how to knit continental because yeah. I already hold my yarn in that hand. Yeah. And purling was the hardest thing to learn, but once you get the knit and the purl stitch, you can learn anything. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, my next my next journey is German short rows. I think that like, yes. I, I need to learn how to shape it back a little bit better to so do the top up uh, or so, top down. So. 
yeah, that my journey is continuing and I really like color work and um, I'm getting so much inspiration that the gala event yesterday, I was like weeping at the table. So Amy made us <laughs> all cry. It. I mean, her story is so beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I lived in Germany for a while as a nanny. I took care of kids um, right after high school. And I just, it just that, that sense of travel. And, and now that I can travel with knitting, I'm like, or crafting in, in general. I yes. mean, crochet is still close to my heart. I wore a crocheted sweater yesterday. Uh, so it's just, everything is just so cool. I, I love this yeah. community. Everyone's so warm and welcoming. Reminds me of my mom. And then there's people like us that are like yeah. in our 30s and 40s and we're just kind of doing our thing. And then, you know, the younger crowd is just coming in. Um, I work at a bar on, the, on Sundays uh, from 12 to close in yeah. Astoria or in Sunnyside. And I'm starting a knit night. Just and, and that inspired yeah. me yesterday. I said, I yes. have to get this off the ground. Yes. Yeah. I think it's important that we come together as much as we can. Yes. If, if we are, if we can, and if we feel comfortable. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So being in the maker community for as long as you have, what is one thing that you think we're really good at in general? And what is one thing that you think the maker community could improve on? We are celebrating diversity more now. I think that that's something that we've really improved upon. The younger crowd, gay people, people of color, I think that's for gay, trans, everything. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really cool. And uh, I, I want to see that continue. Something we could do a little bit better is um, maybe more tutorials on how to read charts and um, maybe even teaching people how to write charts. I think I think crochet charts in general are very confusing because it's hieroglyphics at that point. Yeah. And then if you don't know the hieroglyphics, then you have to read a strange language, which is like one DC plus two, you know, two chain. And it's, it's so yeah. many things to learn yeah. <laughs> when, you know, a knit pattern is just like knit 15, pearl one, knit 15, yeah. pearl one, which is really cool. Uh, but it's a little intimidating. I think crochet definitely needs to be boosted. I know this is a knitting live and, uh, but I think it, it, I love that it's all crafts here. I think that um, mm -hmm. I saw some weavers, I saw some felters. Yeah. It's just, I already have too many things in my small apartment. I can't, <laughs> I have a sewing machine. I started quilting during the pandemic, that kind of stopped. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a downward spiral, but it's inspirational. I'm finding it's an so many cool spiral, things. It's an spiral, really, <laughs> yes. It's, a, it's an uphill climb. Let's yes, just say. that's fair, that's fair. Um, I just realized the light's not on, but I think we're fine. No, I think we're fine. Yeah, we're good. We have a bright personality. I think everything it's true. is just, we're beaming. I'm red because I'm nervous. I'm sweating down my back. I was like, this is perfect for the 40 degree weather and I'm in here and I'm like cooking because I'm oh so nervous. Oh my gosh, I know. <laughs> it's it's so funny that we're all like, we must wear our, our knitwear to these events. But Rhinebeck, it it's like warm. 85 degrees at Rhinebeck oh, and, yeah. uh, at the end of September. And I'm like, I'm still wearing this. Like I'm wearing what I'm That's fair. <laughs> I Here's what I will say. When, when we did Flock this last year, it was in August in Seattle. Okay. So... It was like the one week where it was humid. I don't know. It doesn't really get humid. It, it, it's it's humid, but not like humid and hot Cold in Seattle. Humid. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The one week. Yes. And so I was like, <laughs> what am I going to wear? And so like I wore my knit socks and then just wore like a t-shirt and shorts. <laughs> work. Work. Honestly, work. <laughs> so there's your pro tip. If you want to wear your knitwear and it's hot, just wear your wool socks yes. with like cute wool socks with shoes and then you can do whatever. We, do, we just had a little, a little side conversation. You know? Yeah. 
Uh, we I call it a side quest on the side podcast. Quest? Yeah, yes. yeah, it's good. It's the ADHD. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm a gamer too, so I, I'm definitely on for the side quest. Perfect. I was going to ask what your favorite thing was that you ever made, but I'm assuming that's this. This was the most complex thing that I okay. made, and it's 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 scaring me to start something else because. It's not living up to that, like that challenge. So I'm trying to find more color work oh. stuff. Maybe color work with with um, cabling. Yeah. I saw some stuff um, yesterday with Amy. I was like, that's insane. I, I that little that little front part on that neons yes. and, and neons and neutrals. Yeah. Look, yeah. Beautiful. I, yes. I loved it. I said oh, I could. I've always wondered how I can like incorporate color with with cabling because sometimes cabling it's cool with the texture but you want to have a little pop in there yeah um this would probably be my favorite thing that i made uh and it's it's a pattern that i could definitely go back to Mm -hmm. i collected some yarn from katya that i'm able to kind of get through uh and doing another sweater so um i'm gonna go to h and h in cologne in march mid-march and if anyone's there i'd love to meet you there and yeah buy our booth Tell us the brief story about the yarn brand then, because sure. we also want to talk about that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they've been around for 70 years. Mm-hmm. It was started as, it, no one's named Katya, by the way. It's just a mom and a dad that decided Perfect. to take their fabrics and their yarns and create a, a company over 70 years. They're mm-hmm. one of the premier brands in Europe. And uh, their journey just started in America, and we're just trying to get outreach to to stores and um, I'm looking for representatives. I'm looking for stores to carry our brand again. Uh, we distribute ourselves from uh, Milwaukee, which is really nice. It cool. gets to almost anywhere in the US within five days-ish. I have a really supportive team in Spain. I'm the only employee in the US. So if you're talking to someone in the US, it's gonna be me. And nice. I'd love to you know, help people on their Katya journey as well. I used to work in hotels for 15 years and it was God, exhausting. I used to work in hotels Total. too. 12 to 15 hour days. Yeah. I was running the hotel, fire alarms. I don't want to say it's like Amy's story where it saved my life, but it definitely gave me a different purpose where I said, I have a community. I'm in my 30s. Making a career change is really difficult at this time, but they're inspiring me to, to continue and to do better. And they're involving me in a lot of the processes of how to bring the brand over here. And it's something so I never did before. So it's like, exciting for me to like have a yes. new kind of job so you're uh, learning. learning you're learning through doing yes and in such a like beautiful space yeah come see us in may we'll be at h and h in uh chicago so uh, if you're if you're a store or if you are a representative and you're gonna be at h and h please come by and see me i'd love to see you awesome yeah cool thank you thanks for, having for chatting me. Yeah, thank you Yay. so much it's so nice to okay. meet you finally. you thank too you. and where can everybody find you and the yarn brand just real sure. quick so we're available at katia.com slash US for the store. Uh, we're on Instagram at Katia Yarns, and you can find me at knit.top89. Awesome. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Cool. Let's get into these questions. You visit New York fairly often because it's not far. It's not far, yeah. If you were to pick like one place to sit and knit, where would it be? I'm going to forget the name of the park. I think it's Bryant Park. That makes sense. Um, she's not going to be able to hear me, so my bestie is here. <laughs> and we go what to... What do you like to knit at? What's that one park that you take me to? Is it Bryant Park? Yes. It's Confirmed. Just, Bryant Park. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have our fact checker here. Yes. It's just, it's smaller. Yeah. It's quieter. There's fun shopping around. My other favorite place is, and I did just recently knit there, is the uh, Natural History Museum. Oh my, you knit in the Natural History Museum. So not even just in the, so I just took my son there. We've been in this museum so many times 
and they have a new section. The architecture is just very organic and like almost like a beehive, and there is a library. And I brought a nine-year-old to a, a museum, and he was like, can we go in the library? And it was, and I'm like, oh my God, he's, he's going to be noisy. He was perfect. It was quiet. It was calm. It was a, so if you go and you need to escape the loudness and the chaos, it was so lovely. Where is your favorite place to craft in New York? Hi. I'm not going to lie. It's my bedroom. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, now you just told everyone where you live. <laughs> okay, no worries. I it's mean, very York's big. It's New York City. is fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, I'm not from the state, so I'd say... You're listening. Yeah. I mean, always Central Park. There's so yeah. many places to go, so many, like, places to hide. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So many cool. places to just relax, too. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if you were going to say her bedroom. Oh. <laughs> Probably with friends or on the subway. Oh, on the subway. That's a good one. Huh. I'm going to say my apartment because we've had a couple lovely knit gatherings, and it's been so nice. Nice. Or the Center for Fiction. There's a great knitting group that has goes there on the last Sunday of the month and that's a nice nice place to gather beautiful space that. among the books okay okay is there a booth or designer here that you just learned about that you're like excited to explore more or share with other makers um Haynes House Yarns is here okay and we've all my friend Amy and I always seem to find them and um Uncle Brian makes bags Uncle Brian's bags. And he, uh, last year when we were here, my bestie went and talked to him. And she's like, I like this pattern, but I like this leather. And can you put this? And designed a whole bag. And he made it for her. Oh, my God. So I love check it. out Uncle Brian's bags. Uncle Brian's bags. That's what I would suggest. There it is. Perfect. <laughs> we have their um, business card. But, is it in your bag? You can pull it out. Tessa's designer yarn. Yay. Yeah. Cool. Okay. I mean, they have such a wide selection. And I... At least, like, in local yarn stores or, like, locally dyed um, yarn suppliers, I have never seen so much yardage in one skein. I'm definitely coming back for more. Eventually. Cool. Do you have somebody else? Yes, I have a different one. I love if this. Okay. We're sharing so much right now. Murky depths. They have a very beautiful, like, hand-dyed look to them almost. I think, I don't know. I really want all of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But I'm on a budget, so... Fair, fair. Well, definitely. Well, keep the card, I then. have the card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about Cowgirl Blues. I just discovered them. It's like a... Their fibers are from Africa, and I just bought some very fluffy mohair that I'm super excited about. Camellia Fibers is the one that I was excited to see. I've seen their stuff online for literally years, and I've never been able to see and it And you in finally got to squish it. Yeah, I do. Yeah. They Love. have a great squishy DK. <laughs> uh, have you ever heard of Rosebud Thorn? What is your rose, what is your bud, and what is your thorn of the crafting community? These opportunities to get together and meet yeah, and connect. Um, I'm So many people that I know from so many different sections of my life have shown up. I love it. I was shocked, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I love that connection. Something that I am hopeful that will happen and something that we can do better, right? Those are going to be kind of tied together. Because something that I'm hopeful that we'll do better is more inclusivity and accessibility. And that word, that accessibility word, can mean a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to think about it in a physical nature, the physical accessibility. So I'm yeah. seeing more things moving towards that. 
So that's yeah. the thing that we can do better is being more accessible. But of course, my thoughts are always physical. Um, as a physical therapist, working yeah, with people with mobility issues. But also now we have, there's a quiet place here for people to go to, which is great for sensory challenges, patterns that are written for low vision, things like mm -hmm. that. So that's yeah. something that we can definitely do better that yeah. I'm excited about. And yeah. I, I kind of see that see that happen. Yeah, it's starting to it's starting to happen mm -hmm. more and more, which is awesome. Because of my background, I, I've been being creative for a living. And so that puts a lot of different stressors on you. And I think just being able to see and connect with people who are really making things for themselves and just for people that they love with none of that behind them yeah. is really pure. And that's why I love doing the work that I do and connecting with those people. And bud, absolutely more size inclusion, obviously. Yes. That's a great answer. Can I say something that I, I see improving? Yeah. Okay. So we've seen a lot of new fiber festivals popping up. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm really excited to see where some of these festivals end up going yeah. and what they end up inspiring. Yeah. Because we haven't seen anything like that in a really long time. Rose would be getting to meet other creatives um, from across the world. I think that's like a, that was a big rose this week of getting to meet so many wonderful people. A bud is, um, I met two brand new knitters today walking around. That's a real bud. You know, how exciting is that? To invite people into the yarn community, making community. Um, I would say the thorn is, I don't know. There's often so much drama in this community and people are quick to jump on things. So I would say that's a little bit of a thorn. Um, yeah. Cut it out. Some of the dramatics that go on. <laughs> so the rose, I think... We, we know one another and we're in each other's feeds every single day and I feel like meeting people at events like this, you just have like suddenly a connection with someone that mm -hmm. you know what their project is, you love something that they've made in the past and I, I love getting to meet people in person at having known them online. Um, and I also agree, like the bud is meeting people in the wild who are just like, oh yeah, I know how to knit but like I've never done it before. I'm like, you should go to a yarn store. Yeah. Like, absolutely <laughs> dive in. Um, and I'd say that like the thorn can sometimes be like competitive spending like you know just try, trying to out out luxuriate one another with like the most expensive yarn or the most or yeah the, the sort of people looking down on those who are on a tighter budget who work with acrylic yarns who buy from big box stores who like that's what's in their means like I feel yeah. like there's a little bit of judgment there that I could do without honestly. I add another yes rose I mean also because I, I've only been designing for a couple of years, but seeing people, like I met one of my test knitters in real life here Yay! today, and I'm like, oh my God, I've never yeah. had that happen before. It. And she's been testing for like three or four designs. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just seeing people actually make something that was an idea in my head that like yeah. I, I kind of created, obviously isolated on my own, and I have the original sample, but then seeing people create them in real life is yeah. really exciting. If you were to describe yourself as a type of yarn or a brand of yarn, what would it be? Ooh, that's so hard. Actually, I would want to be a indigo dyed skein of Catskill Merino. <gasps> okay, Catskill but now you Merino. have to explain that. Okay, so Catskill <laughs> Merino is this amazing farm in New York, and it was like one of the like first like serious knitter things that I bought. So yes. when I was going to school, I lived uh, in the dorm off of Union Square. And so every Saturday I'd come out and 
the door of my building was like right behind the Catskill Merino booth in Union Square. And so I was just like, oh my God, the most beautiful colors. I knit my very first sweater with yarn from them. And uh, it was great because I was like working off of some uh, tutorial on doing top-down raglans. And I had no concept of how to estimate how much yarn for anything. So I just bought what felt like a lot of yarn. <laughs> and it's all, it's all hand-dyed and it's all natural oh, wow. dyed. Um, this was also a point in my life where I didn't know or, you know, believe in alternating skeins. Got it. Yes. There was a lot of learning that happened yeah. in this project, but <laughs> I bought a lot. I love that. And I got, uh, about to the point where I split the body and the sleeves and I had to go buy more. Um, I still have the sweater. I still wear it all the time. It's color blocked mm -hmm. and I love it so much. <laughs> There's but such yeah. a good story with it. They just think that the quality is so good and they care so much about what they do and it just really shows. Why would that be described as who you are? Who I am? Yeah. I think it's just what I aspire to be probably, you yeah. know, just like always just going for your best and trying to stay natural, stay stay chill, stay grounded, you know? Yeah. So you see that in like the natural dyes? Perfect. That's a great question. I guess I'd be like a merino cashmere nylon sock yarn. Something like a little luxe, but practical. Perfect. <laughs> I'm a squishy DK. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like, what do I use the most? Why are you a squishy DK? I think I just like, thinking of my stash and then also what I've just been drawn to today. Yeah. A nice DK weight yarn. Nice. It's got some squish. Yeah. It's a great answer. <laughs> yes. I honestly don't know a lot of different yarns. I don't know. That's okay. I don't know if I would really. <laughs> I've only really used cotton or acrylic, which I know I've seen like a bunch of memes about the acrylic yarn. Oh, well, um, we don't have acrylic shame around here. That's okay. not. We don't play that. You can do. Right. Right. I think that's anything. really all I've, You can make anything beautiful yeah. with whatever you have yeah. access to or whatever you like to. Okay. Because, like, a lot of times, like, that's also more accessible, right? Right, right, I mean, right. That's really what this, I, I learned on, yeah. This thing that we do is not cheap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So never feel any shame around okay. that at all. And if somebody gives you that, just send them to me and <laughs> okay, I will take I care of it. <laughs>